The following is a presentation of the Open Door Bible Baptist Church and Pastor Chris Tice. For more audio and video content, please check us out on the web at www.opendoornj.org. I know you get tired like I get tired. I know that you need rest like I need rest. But one of the most confident, uh, one of the most encouraging things is seeing that our Savior also got tired and needed rest. You know, the Lord Jesus Christ got hungry and he got thirsty and he got tired and needed rest. We have a high priest that's touched with the feeling of our infirmities. He knows what it means to be tired. He knows what it means to be sick. He knows what it means to be despised, rejected. He knows what it means to go through sorrows and tribulations and trials. He knows what it means to endure pain on the cross. He knows all of these things. And so when we come to Him, understand in our coming to Him, He knows all of your tribulations. He knows all of your trials. And in this verse, He gives us an invitation, but He also gives us some commands. He gives us an invitation to come to Him, but then He tells us what to do when we come to Him. And I want you to look at this passage as we consider rest for our souls. How many know that you can sleep, but only God can give your soul rest? You can, you can try to take some relaxation, some, you, can, you can get some physical rest, but you can be at spiritually, you can be un, at, in unrest. You can be weary in spirit, even though the body uh, is rested. And a lot of people, they think, if I just rest my body well, that'll take care of my spirit. Well, that's not true. The only one that can give you and I rest to our souls is Jesus Christ. You know, I want to just tell you tonight, He wants to give your soul rest. He wants to give you peace. Uh, He wants uh, to give you a renewal in your heart. Henry David Thoreau said this, Most men lead Lives of quiet desperation. You know, many are troubled, agitated in their souls. They try to find rest in all the wrong places. How many have ever looked for rest in the wrong place? How many ever uh, were wanting rest, but you went the wrong place to get rest? You know, some look to a bottle. Some look to a pill. Some look to a spouse. Are you with me tonight? Sometimes we look uh, to our spouse to give us rest. Uh, They can't do it for you. Uh, Some look to friends and to pleasure and to entertainment. Some look uh, to their job or to money. People look everywhere and try everything in an effort to find rest for their souls. But can I say this tonight? No thing and no one in this world can give you the peace and rest that you seek except for Jesus Christ. He's the only one. He, there is a place of quiet rest, we sang tonight, near to the heart of God. You know, as we draw near to the heart of God, we understand where rest comes from, where peace comes from. I want to look at the three things that he says in this passage, and I want to break them down because I don't know about you, but this is a familiar passage to me. Is it familiar to you? So this is a familiar passage to me, uh, uh, for me, and I've heard it, and I've read it, and I've heard it, and I've read it, But I don't know that I've ever broke it down in a way uh, that I understood it fully. In other words, I don't know that I've ever personally just applied it to me. 
You know, if you're weary and you're heavy laden, he's saying, come to me. He's inviting you to come. The first thing he says tonight, number one, he says, come. He says, come. This is the call to salvation. He's saying, come unto me, all ye that are heavy, all ye that labor, and I'll give you rest. It's a call to salvation. It's a call to peace with God. I wonder tonight, do you have peace with God? A lot of times people on their deathbed, they ask, uh, they want to make their peace with God. You know, the best time to make your peace with God is now. Now is the day of salvation. Do you understand you can have peace with God today? You know why we can have peace with God? Jesus Christ. He is the one that has made uh, us to be at peace with the one who we were the enemy of, the one who we were against, the one uh, who we crucified, the one who we killed. Our sin nailed him to the cross. And so he was made to be sin for us, that we might be made righteousness. He calls us to come. It's a call to salvation, a call to peace with God. Notice the plea he delivers. This is the essence of salvation. Salvation means coming to Jesus. Salvation is not coming to a church. Salvation is not coming to a creed. It's not coming to a denomination. It's not coming to an altar. It's not coming to a baptistry. It's not coming to a new way of living. Salvation is purely and simply coming to Jesus. Coming to the Lord Jesus Christ. Salvation is only in Christ. Anyone who sees their need of a Savior can come and be saved. You know, how do we see our need? Well, we first understand that we're sinners, don't we? If I can't admit I'm a sinner, then I don't need a Savior. If I'm never in a position where I understand that my sin, my sin is what cost Jesus his death on the cross. That is my sin that he died for. Notice the plea he delivers. It's the essence of salvation. Not only the plea he delivers, but notice the people he describes. The people he describes. He's referring to those he has been dealing with in this chapter. <laughs> Notice uh, he's, he's referring to those struggling under the burden of doubt. Look at chapter 11, verses 1 through 6. Uh, John had heard in the prison uh, the work of Christ. He sent two of his disciples and uh, he went to them. Jesus answered said, Go and show John the things which you do hear and see. The blind receive their sight. The lame walk. The lepers are cleansed. The deaf hear. The dead are raised up. The poor uh, have the gospel preached to them. What's he describing? People who were under the burden of doubt and despair. People who needed the gospel. And he's inviting these people to come. Some are struggling with the burden of doubt. Some are struggling with the yoke of legalism. Verses 7 through 19, he departs uh, from, uh, they departed from Jesus and they go to this place and you notice even in this chapter there's the, those that he's, he's struggling with, those that come and they're really trying to tell people that the way to salvation is through the law, through works, through religion. And so some are struggling with doubt, some are struggling with the yoke of religious legalism, some are struggling with the bondage of sin. Verses 20 through 24, he talks about uh, the man in Capernaum and uh, those that uh, were under the burden of sin. And so some are struggling there. He wants all of us to know that they can have rest. You see, uh, 
He can put your doubts to rest. He can put your doubts to rest. He can put your fears to rest. Uh, You can be free from legalism and self-righteousness. How many know that that doesn't save us? You with me tonight? How many know that uh, legalism and self-righteousness is just a path to more unrest? To actually be put in a position, in a place in our lives where we uh, we are not at peace but we have this unrest in our lives. I mean, it's just a never-ending struggle to try to be good enough. When am I good enough? When have I done enough? When does God accept me? How much do I need to do in order for God to accept me? Did I pray the right prayer? Did I say the right words? Did I go through the right motions? Did I jump through the right hoops? Can I tell you this? Jesus jumped through all the hoops, so you wouldn't have to jump through any of them. Uh, Jesus went through all the motions so you wouldn't have to go through any of them. Jesus said all the words so that there would be no words that you would have to say. You understand there's nothing that we do to save ourselves. It's only by faith in the one that's done everything to save us. And so it's an endless unrest and a tireless uh, thing for us to think that we can save ourselves. You can be set free from the bondage of your sin. How many know that Jesus has the power to set you free from your sins? You know, one of the worst things that you can do is you can call yourself a Christian and then go and live in the bondage of sin because it sends the message that Jesus doesn't break chains. That Jesus doesn't set us free. That we just go back and, and by the way, if somebody has truly been set free, then they're not shackled anymore. They're not in prison anymore. They're not under the control of of some kind of sin. God says, hey, I've set you free. Now, we have to be careful as Christians because can't we go back if we want to sometimes? We can go back and visit. We can go back and take on some of those shackles again. We can go back and live in that graveyard. And he says, hey, listen, God forbid that we should do that. Notice not only the plea he delivers and the people he describes, but notice the promise he declares. He says this, rest. If you come... I'll give you rest. If you come, I'll give you quietness. I'll give you calmness. I'll give you peace. I'll give you renewal. I'll give you refreshment. All those who come to Jesus are given rest. So if you didn't get rest, then you didn't come to Jesus. You with me? If you didn't get rest to your soul, if you you don't have peace with God tonight, then you went somewhere else other than Jesus because Jesus gives us peace with God. He's the one that gives us rest. It's a promise that he declares. You know, I wonder tonight, do you have a calmness concerning your salvation? A calmness concerning your... You know how many people, they don't have a calmness. They're at unrest about their present eternal state. You know, you look at them and they're just struggling, struggling, struggling. Shouldn't we have a calmness about our salvation? Shouldn't there be uh, peace with God? Rest from our attempts to please God? Are you with me tonight? Rest from our attempts to please God. You say, what are you talking about? Well, there's nothing I can do to please God. He's holy. I'm not holy. I mean, you could try really hard, try really hard, try really really hard, but you're never going to please Him. Because there's nothing you can do to please or appease the wrath of God. You can't do that. You couldn't even die for your own salvation. That wouldn't even appease the wrath of God. You know, but we have rest from trying to please God. 
to try to please him to get him. Are you with me tonight? To try to please him to get him to accept us. He doesn't accept us because we're good. He accepts us because we're justified. He doesn't accept us because we tried really hard and made ourselves. We know we prayed a prayer and then we started, we turned over a new leaf and started really doing really good. He, he, he accepts us because we've been justified. We've been washed in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. I wonder tonight, are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Because if you are, you have rest from trying to please and appease God. Some people are trying to appease the wrath of God. And all the pleasing and the appeasing has been done in Christ. There's a calmness concerning our salvation. How about this? There's a quietness about our future. There's a quietness about our future. I'm not as concerned for my future as I am concerned with that I am doing today what God wants me to do today with the life He's given me now. You know what a lot of lost people do? They worry, 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 worry about the future. You know what Christians don't have to do? Worry about the future. What are you worrying about the future for? Aren't you secure, sealed by the Holy Spirit of God? Worried about what's going to happen here. Worried about what's going to happen. Hey, listen. Boast not thyself of tomorrow. Thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. Just rest in the Lord. Understand that, you know, no amount of worry today gives any credence to tomorrow. It doesn't, doesn't help tomorrow. It doesn't improve tomorrow. As a matter of fact, sometimes we already make tomorrow a bad day because we rob tomorrow of its joy by our worry today. You know, he says... I promise that I'll give you rest, refreshment for your journey, refreshment for your journey. How many of them want to be able to run and not be weary, walk and not faint? Well, how do we do that? Wait upon the Lord. Wait upon the Lord. He says, come. It's a call to salvation. It means peace with God. Number two, what does he say to us in verse 29, the first word? Take, take. This is a command to surrender. It means the peace of God. Where he says, come, make peace with God, he says, take the peace of God. In other words, I can possess. He made made me to be at peace with God, but now I can possess the peace of God within. I can take that peace and have it in my heart. Isn't that great? The Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, what, church? Peace. We all all right tonight? Everybody's okay? All right, just checking. I'm just making sure. Peace. What? My peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not the kind of peace that the world gives, but my peace. God's peace is different than their peace, isn't it? God's, God's peace is different than the peace you find out there. That's right. He is the Prince of Peace. He's helped me preach tonight. All right. Take the command to surrender. The peace of God. The peace of God. This is a deeper experience. When we come to Christ by faith, He gives us rest. When we take His yoke, we learn, we find rest. The deeper rest of surrender and obedience. Notice what He's calling us to. It's a command to surrender. Take. We must surrender to a person. You know, Jesus wants us to surrender to His control in our lives. What does He want us to do? Bow to His authority. Bow to His authority. Take my yoke upon you. Hey, I want to get in yoke with Jesus tonight, don't you? 
And he says, take my yoke upon you. Surrender to him. We bow to his authority. He has the right to demand this. He has the right to have the reins in your life. Doesn't he? Who reigns in your life? Well, the one that reigns in your life is the one pulling the reins. It's the one pulling the reins. Who's pulling the reins? Well, the one pulling the reins is determining the direction. Who's determining the direction in your life? Is it you or is it God? He's the one that's supposed to reign. He calls us to surrender to a person. Not only just to surrender to a person, but I'm glad for this. It's a surrender to a partnership. Partnership. Doesn't he say, take my yoke upon you? In other words, he's saying, get in a yoke with me. Aren't you glad that we're co-laborers together with Christ? With Christ. In other words, we're laboring and he's laboring. We're laboring with him. Well, that's boring. I don't, just, I don't get that, Pastor. I don't, I don't, that doesn't excite me very much. I don't know what would, what would excite you. You get to work every single day in a yoke with the Lord Jesus Christ. We're doing his work, but he's working in us. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. You know why God works? Because he works in us and then he causes us to work with him. And he works with us. We surrender to a partnership. He says, get in the yoke with me. He's not calling you and I to walk alone. How many glad for that? Life's not meant to be done alone. He's given us his spirit to comfort us to say, hey, listen, lo, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the world. Why did he want to give us his spirit? So that we would know his presence. So that we would know that he's with us. Do you know he's with you tonight? Boy, that'll give you rest in your soul. He's with me. He's with me. I'm in a difficult... Hey, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. He's with us. He doesn't run when we go through the valleys. Aren't you glad for that? Hey, some of your friends, they ran when you got in the valley. They were with you on the mountaintop. But when you got in the valley, they ran. They didn't want to walk through the valley, not the valley of the shadow. No, I don't want to go through that with you. Hey, that's not a friend. There is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. You know, he walks and he doesn't abandon us when we go through trials and tribulations. He doesn't leave us or forsake us when everybody else does. We must surrender to a person. We must surrender to a partnership. We're not in this thing alone. Not only does he say come, this is a call to salvation, take the command to surrender. But lastly tonight, he says this, learn, learn, learn. That doesn't seem like the natural progression of the text. Come, take, learn. How many love to learn? Your favorite thing to do, I love to learn. You know, love school, wish I could go back. Yeah. But we know we're still at learning. He says, grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. But notice what he says, what are we to learn? Learn of me. Learn. He doesn't say learn about me. He says learn of me. Learn of me. What's he saying? Well, the pattern here is him. He's the one we're supposed to pattern our lives after. He's the one that we're supposed to 
serve. In other words, he's saying, hey, uh, I'll give you peace with God. I'll give you the peace of God. But then I'll teach you to bring peace to other people. Isn't that awesome? What did Jesus do? He brought peace to others. He brought peace to others. My peace I give to you. My peace I He brought peace to us. You know what he wants us to do? Bring peace to other people. He wants us to learn. In other words, this is a challenge to serve, isn't it? Learn of me. You know, there's one thing that is interesting about this call to take on the yoke and to learn of the Lord Jesus Christ. He says this, my yoke is what? Easy. Verse 30, my yoke is easy. What's he saying? Does that mean the Christian life is easy? Does that mean it's easy to do what the Bible says? No. He's talking about the way the yoke fits. He's talking about that it's easy, it's tailor-made. The word here interpreted literally means tailored for you. What's he saying? Hey, the service that I'm calling you to is tailored for you. It's something I made you to do. It's something I've brought you. It's a life I've brought you into. It's not something that's hard. It's something that I've made you to do. You know, serving the Lord, when you do what God's called you to do, it's easy because it's what he's made you to do. It just almost comes natural. It's like breathing. He said, hey, listen, this is, this is my labor. This is what you're going to learn along the way, that when you get in a yoke with me, it's easy. It's tailor-made for you. This is what I made you to do. You know, God made us to serve him, didn't he? He made us to serve him. You want to have unrest in your souls? Don't serve the Lord. Some people wonder why people that serve the Lord and are serving and serving and serving and working and laboring, why they seem to have peace. Shouldn't the people that are working so hard not have peace, not have rest? Why in the world does it seem they have peace? Peace in their heart, peace in their life. They're busy. It doesn't mean, hey, they that wait upon the Lord. A waiter's busy when he waits upon a table. Hey, a, 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 a Christian, we're busy when we're serving the Lord, when we're waiting on the Lord. Hey, someone who is not busy doesn't run and not be weary, walk and not faint. The description here is not somebody sitting around doing nothing. What's he saying? Learn of me. Hey, the challenge here is bring peace to others. Serve. Our pattern is Christ. What is he saying? Learn of me. He says, for I am meek and lowly in heart. That's our pattern, isn't it? While we're not saved to work, we're clearly saved for work. Did you get that? While we're not saved by works, we're clearly saved for work. Didn't God save us so that we would work? He saved us so that we would labor. He saved us so that we would serve. That's what he wants to equip us to do. And by the way, here's the truth tonight. God saved you and he's got something for you that's tailor He's got a gift that he's given you. Doesn't he gift all of those that come to him? Isn't he gifted us all? He's given us a gift. In other words, he's made something for you to do in your Christian life. Not everybody's made to do the same thing. But when we get in a yoke with Christ, he's got a perfect plan for us. He's got a purpose for us. 
Notice there's a pattern in the service, but there's a peace in the service. When we trust Jesus by faith, we're given rest. When we serve Him faithfully, we find rest. Some people think that rest is found in Christ by vacation, by unplugging, by doing nothing. No, rest is found in Christ by serving Christ. That's where the rest is found. When I serve Him. You say, what does it mean to serve the Lord? Do what He's called you to do. You say, well, what does that mean? Well, I don't know exactly what God has called you to do, but I do know that He wants you to serve Him. How many know that sometimes we neglect our secret service to the Lord? What's our secret service to the Lord? Well, you go and you get in your closet, and in secret, where nobody sees, where nobody knows, where nobody finds out. You know, what's done in secret eventually is revealed in public. You know, I want to tell all these people that are taking all these workout photos. People will see the result eventually. You won't have to tell them that you're doing it. You don't have to, you don't have to go, hey, look, I'm working out. People will see it. Can you tell someone works out? I mean, that's the whole thing. You're looking up here tonight, but man, that guy must work out. Can you tell when someone works out? Can you tell when someone is exercising? Can you tell when someone, does it show? It shows, doesn't it? You don't have to announce it. It's seen. And listen, I'll tell you tonight, you can tell when someone spends time with God and when they don't. Because eventually what's done in secret is manifested in public. Doesn't it work that way with sinfulness? What's done in secret eventually becomes clear in public. What's done in secret eventually comes out and is shown. You know, uh, you, don't have to, you don't have to announce to people, hey, I'm spending time with God. Hey, go into your quiet, uh, your quiet place. Go into your closet. Find time. Do, ha- have a secret service to the Lord. And I tell you, you'll find rest. Eventually, people are going to notice that you've been working out that you've been spending time with God. You know, the backstage, when we ignore it, everything comes apart in our life, right? Sometimes we want to announce things because what we're trying to show on the outside is not true for what's going on in the inside. There's a pattern in service. There's a peace in service. But notice there's a promise in service. He says, hey, this fits well. Wasn't Jesus a carpenter? He says, I'm going to design a yoke for you that fits perfectly. I'm going to fit you to a task. What does Christ do with the church? Does he fitly join us into the body? You know what he knows? He knows right where you fit in the body of Christ. God doesn't make mistakes when he brings you to the body. He doesn't make mistakes when he brings you to the house. You know, he knows right where you fit. Too many people are trying to tell God where they fit. Let God tell you where you fit. Let God fit you. Let God put you. He has a way of putting you right where you need to be, by the way. All of a sudden, opportunities begin to arise. You know, the the first thing you can do in service is just make yourself available. I'll tell you the people that don't serve in church, the people who are unavailable to do so. Are you with me? If you're never available, you don't serve. 
they said the greatest ability is availability. In other words, the people that get used are the people that show up to be used. You with me? The people that get blessed are the people that show up to be blessed. The people, hey, listen, uh, I tell you tonight, uh, the, the only, only ones here, and I'm not preaching to those that aren't here, I'm preaching to you. You're here. So what does God want to do? He wants to bless you. He wants to equip you. He wants to, he wants to use you. When we make ourselves available to Christ, He goes, I got something for you. I got something for you. Oh, you just wait. I'm, I got something for you. I got something really good for you. And you just keep showing up and you be faithful and you follow the Lord. Hey, you, you, you better believe God will use you. If you're the specialized Christian, you know, people come up and say, hey, will you serve in the nursery? No, nah, I don't do that. Will you serve in the, would you hand out uh, bulletins? No, nah, I, I, I don't do that. It's not my thing. It's not my specialty. Will you, uh, will you uh, sweep the walk? Will you pick up the trash? No, sorry, that's not what God made me to do. Are you with me tonight? When did that come into the church? Where, where, where are the here am I, Lord, send me people? God, use me. I'll do anything. God, if, if you want me to pick up the trash, if you want me to clean the bathrooms, God, if you, hey, I'll do anything. I want to serve the Lord. I'll do anything. The specialty people, you know, they're not around for very long. Because unless they get all the credit for, I want to be up front. You don't understand, I'm an upfront person. You know, I need to be seen. People need to see how good I am at what I do. You know, some of the things that make the ministry go the farthest are the people that never get any credit for what they do. Nobody ever sees it. You know what that is? That's to the Lord. That's to the Lord. Nobody sees it, nobody notices it, nobody thanks him for it. That's to the Lord. That's service to the Lord. Are you just needing this in order to serve? Do we need a trophy? Do we need a plaque? Do we need our names inscribed in the windows? What do we need in order to serve the Lord? Are you with me? What do we need? How about we just say, God, I want to rest. I need rest to my soul. And you tell me, hey, come. Take my yoke. Learn of me. Hey, bring peace to other people. One of the greatest things that you can do is serve the Lord. It'll bring great peace to your heart. Just serving Christ. Just serving Christ. You know what Jesus did? He served other people. That's what he did. He just served other people. And he was always at peace. He was meek and lowly. He he was just always willing to, hey, lowly, Think about this. If Jesus could be meek and lowly, can we be meek and lowly? If the King of kings and Lord of lords could humble himself to serve others, can we humble ourselves to serve others? You say, how am I going to get rest by doing more? Well, make sure you're doing the right thing. Some of the times we know we're at unrest in our lives because we're so busy doing the wrong things and we're not busy doing the right things. Let me ask you a question tonight. What are you busy doing? Well, I got so much to do, and I've got all this, and I don't have enough time. Let me, t- let me give you a, a big secret tonight. All of us have the same amount of time every day. Every person. We've all been allotted the same amount of time every day. You are not going to accomplish everything in one day. We all know this. 
You can work. Some people, they think they work seven days, they're going to get more done. I know people who work five, that work circles around people that work seven. Why? Because they're more productive because they learn to prioritize the most important things. Some people say, "Ah, if I I take the day off on Sunday and I come to church, Pastor, you don't understand, I'm never going to get anything done. You'd be surprised how much you get done when you honor the Lord. Oh, if I give, I can't, I just can't, I can't afford, I can't afford, I can't. And you know what I see in their life? Unrest, no peace. Just spinning their wheels all the time. All the time, all, all the time. Come on. Even tonight we're in church, I'm in a hurry, I'm in a hurry. Hurry up, preach faster. Come on, I'm in a hurry, I'm in a hurry. We can't even, we can't even give the Lord a couple minutes just to consider His word. Come on. That's where we're spinning our wheels because we're not focused in the right place. It's no secret that serving the Lord brings rest to your soul. It's what He tells us right here. He tells us in His Word, Hey, come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden. Maybe tonight you need to come to Him in salvation because you've been trying to work your way to God. Oh, Sunday night, Pastor, we're all saved. (laughs) Fooey on that. We're all saved. Why? Because we come to church on Sunday night? Because we're religious? That didn't save anybody. I tell you, those Pharisees are a lot more religious than we are. I drove through uh, Lakewood yesterday, and I said, would to God that people that had truth were so dedicated to God. And I even drive their car, walking around, spending time all day with their families and worshiping God. And they don't even have the truth. You with me? Would to God that people with the truth would be so dedicated. Why the people that got this grace, they just serve themselves? That's not the grace of God. The grace of God doesn't teach me to serve myself. The grace of God teaches me to serve others. The grace of God teaches me to humble myself. The grace of God teaches me to lower myself. The grace of God teaches me to be like Jesus was. To live godly and soberly and righteously in this present world. Would to God we would be so dedicated. Some people, they mock such dedication to God. It's extreme, I get it. But I tell you, whenever we read what God says in His Word, I think most people come away, well, that's extreme. That's Christianity. That's Christianity. It's what He's called us into. You say, we're not doing that so that we are saved. We're doing that because because we are saved. Not so we can be saved. Not so that God will accept. You know, they're working so hard down there just to get God to pay attention to them. They're working so hard down there hoping that, hey, listen, hoping that God's going to send a deliverer, send a Messiah to them. Send somebody. God, help us. We have him. We have the Lord Jesus Christ. I, I see why Jesus wept when he looked on those multitudes. He said, I want to gather you in. I want to gather you and I want to give you rest. Hey, come to me. You're, you're laboring. You're heavy laden. Come to me. I'll give you rest. The law will never give you rest. Your works will never give you rest. But Jesus Christ will give you rest. Do you have rest to your souls tonight? Maybe you need to take his yoke upon you. That command to surrender to Christ, to surrender to that partnership. 
Are you surrendered to God tonight? Are you surrendered to Him? Surrender means you'll do what He wants. Not that you'll argue with Him. Not that you'll kind of negotiate with God. Surrender means I'm living in complete surrender to God. Whatever He wants me to do, I'll do. When's the last time you surrendered to Him? Shouldn't we all be surrendered tonight? Surrender is not a one-time decision to make. Surrender is a daily decision to make. Have you surrendered to His will today? Surrendered to His Spirit? How about this? The challenge to serve, bringing peace to others. Learn of me. That pattern in service, Christ. That peace in service. That promise in service. As we put our shoulder to the path He's chosen for us, there'll be burdens along the way. But when we find that His yoke brings peace and joy and satisfaction, fulfillment, that every difficulty in life is turned to our good by His grace, as we walk with Him, we're aware that our trials here will work for our glory there. That's an awesome thing to think about. Boy, that'll give you rest to your soul tonight. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. If God has used this ministry in any way to be a blessing to you, please take a moment to send us an email to info at opendoornj.org. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online at opendoornj.org. Thanks for tuning in.